Welcome to SickCast, brought to you by Sick Research Institute, illuminating every path. This is part two in a three-part immersive story called The Redemption, Jumana's Journey. This is a translation from an original story composed by renowned Sikh poet Bhaivir Singh. In part one, Jamuna sought help from a Hindu Swami to be reunited with her former husband who had passed away. The two leave for the Himalayas, and the Swami tricks her, stealing all her worldly possessions and leaving her teetering precariously close to the edge of a vast waterfall. Just before she unknowingly plummets down the cliff, a robed stranger calls to her, interrupting Jamuna's doomed trance. Jamna was now in a desolate place, without any money, without a friend, with no direction and no home. Nervously, she agrees to put herself under the protection of the stranger standing in front of her. His tender words are like a balm to her open wounds. Yes, she has been robbed of her worldly possessions, but she still has her chastity to God, which she values more than life itself. She decides to accompany the stranger for after all, he has saved her from the jaws of death. He certainly seems better than the Swami. The stranger takes her to a town where she is warmly received and looked after. For three months, Jamna basks in the community's love as she listens to the stranger's sermons. One Sunday, he baptizes her and renames her Miss Dumli. He entrusts her care to a woman who vows to treat her as her daughter and to instruct her in Christianity. Miss Dumli's new mother showers her with modern clothes and attention. Her confidence grows and she begins to glow. Soon, she starts receiving marriage proposals from dark-skinned cobblers and scavengers, the lowest strata of Hindu society who have been converted to Christianity. Brought up in the Brahmin tradition, she loathes their very sight. Besides, fidelity to her husband's memory is paramount to her. Therefore, the idea of remarriage is evil. Out of fear, she cannot express her true feelings, nor can she uproot the ideals that were ingrained into her very being. She uses every trick in the book to push off her ardent suitors. She has come here to find the way to heaven, but instead, 
she finds men who are only interested in seeking her flesh. O oh God, have mercy and release my soul from this body. O oh, grant me a peaceful life. I am fed up with people trying to save my soul. She prays day and night. There is no trace of the high principles with which she has been brought to this place. She sees no future and the past she has left far behind. In despair, she discloses her secret and reveals everything to an old Muslim woman who is the maidservant at the house. Mother, please take pity on me and get me out of this hellhole. I'd rather beg than sell my flesh, she pleads. Dear daughter, I'm willing to sacrifice myself for your welfare. Don't worry. I will free you, but you must have patience. I cannot jeopardize my respectable job in this household. Your leaving will require some planning. Have faith in me. I will definitely get you out, replies the old woman. Five days later, Jamna sneaks out of the house and travels under the cover of darkness to the home of the old woman's cousin in Lahore. A devout fakir takes her under his wing. He instructs her to face the Kaaba and recite the Islamic prayer for three hours daily along with other rituals. Sometimes the fakir presses his hands on his eyes and recites the lyrics of Bulesha. Jamna begins to see a glittering light. Visions of her late husband dance before her eyes. Her heart leaps. At last, she has found peace. One Friday, Jamna, Mr. Molly, presents herself at the mosque in Lahore for her third birth. Congratulations resound. You are lucky to have been converted to the faith. The Holy Prophet will grant you salvation and you will rule over heaven. Her joy is boundless. Although she does not know how to recite the Kalma perfectly, she utters it to the best of her ability and adopts her new religion with zeal. The head Malvi gives her a new name, Gulam Fatima. In the congregation, he asks, can someone instruct her in the faith so that she may become a good believer? A young-looking Malvi agrees to take over her religious education. He begins to come daily to teach her the Kalma. After a few weeks, the Malvi thinks that Gulam Fatima should not remain single for her own welfare. One day, he mentions to her that his monthly income is 50 rupees and that he is a well-known person belonging to a very high caste. He repeats this over and over again 
and gently insists that she marry him. After all, it is the commandment of Allah and his Prophet that without a husband, a woman's chastity is always in jeopardy, he says, trying his best to persuade her into marrying him. The Malvi is presentable and quite gentle, but Jamuna has become wiser. She knows that for a Muslim man to have more than one wife is not a sin, but the thought of remarriage disgusts her. Her deepest desire is to have a vision of her husband, devotion to her childhood principles and fidelity to her husband is deeply rooted in her. Upon hearing the Malvi's marriage proposal, Jamna fakes a dizzy spell and distances herself from him. I don't want to commit to anything right now, as I'm not feeling well. Please give me a few days to get well. When I am better, I will ask you to come, she says. Even in this third incarnation, Jamna, Miss Dumali, Gulam Fatima's desire to see her departed husband does not bear fruit. In despair, she curses the stranger who saved her from the mountaintop. Death would have been better than to endure these overtures, she moans. She abandons her newly acquired religious rituals and suffers silently. Her torment increases day by day. One evening, sitting on the balcony facing the bazaar, Jamna recognises a face from years gone by. She rushes downstairs. Ganga Bai, she asks. Yes, I am Ganga Bai. But how do you know me? I don't recognise you, replies the woman. I will tell you everything when we are alone, Jamna says. Do you have time to talk? Not right now. I'm on my way to the Gurdwara. I will talk to you when I return, says Ganga Bai. Jamuna nods and anxiously awaits her friend's return. When Ganga Bai returns, she takes Jamuna to her own home. Ben. You have recognized me, but I'm not sure who you are, Gangabai says. I am the unfortunate Jamna who was your playmate in school. Jamna, what have you done to yourself? Who has misguided you to throw away your noble faith? There is no one to blame but myself for all that I have suffered. When one's wits get twisted, then one falls into bad ways. I thought I was taking a good step, but it turned out to be disastrous. My husband died, and through my own folly, I lost my property and my family. I'm so sorry to hear about your suffering. Please tell me everything. Jamuna narrates everything. Now, I have no shelter and no place to go. I feel like jumping into the river and ending my life. 
who knows what more I have to suffer for the sins of my past births. Hush, don't talk about ending your life. Human birth is precious, my Guru says. Who is your Guru? My Guru is the Guru Granth Sahib. After my marriage, I went to live in Punjab with my husband's family. There, I studied the teachings of the Guru. My husband and I then moved to Lahore for business. Here, I have been blessed to have met Upkar Kaur, who is a great devotee of the Guru. In her Sangat, my love for the Guru has grown. So you've become a Sikh? I have heard bad things about the Sikhs at both the places where I have been. How come you have fallen under their influence? The Sikh faith is noble. Truth is its first principle. If you attend a Sikh congregation, you will experience this for yourself. But I'm worried about you. I don't want you to do anything foolish like killing yourself. Let's go and meet Upkar Kaur. I am sure she will be able to help you, says Gangabai gently. I trust you. If you think she can help me, let's go. Karko welcomes them warmly and listens carefully to Jamuna's story. The Sikh path is simple. There are no priests and no superstitious beliefs. The paramount teaching is that Ikunkar is the creator of the universe and is an all. The core tenets are to remember Ikunkar in everything that we do, lovingly serve everyone share with the needy and recognize the divinity in all. This, in a nutshell, is the path of Sikhi, says Upkarko affectionately. If I follow this path, will I see my beloved husband? Will I find peace and contentment? asks Jamna. Tenderly, Upkarko replies, if your love for Ikunkar is sincere and you live a life of truth and serve humanity, you will experience peace and contentment. Whether you will see your departed husband or not is not for me to say. Jamna sighs. Although Upkar Kaur's words please her, the memory of her past experiences has made her wary. She isn't willing to allow herself to trust anyone. She leaves saying, I will come again. Exhausted from her emotional state of mind, Jamna falls asleep. Voices interrupt her already disturbed sleep. News of her visit to the home of a sick family has reached the Malvi. Plans seem to be underway that prevent that from happening again. That evening, the Malvi's colleagues, now new friends and acquaintances, come over and insist that she join them on their holiday to Delhi. 
A change of scenery will do you good, they say in excitement. Jamuna agrees, knowing fully well why this gesture is being made. That night, she does not sleep. The world appears dark to her, and a kind of dementia grips her. She walks out of her home, not knowing where she is heading. listening to Sick Cast by Sick Research Institute illuminating every path